Bill Meeks, and as part of my editing process, I'm recording this draft of my novel, Dog Boy, Den of Thieves, as an audiobook. Or at least I did. Dog Boy, aka Bronson Black, is Colta City's 13-year-old superhero. When his parents die in a car accident, he's left in the custody of his mysterious Uncle Randolph. Using his magic kit and a strange precognitive power, he protects the city from Andrus and his guild of thieves. Along the way, he befriends Cindy McNeil, a wannabe reporter with a secret of her own, and Mr. Horam, his boss at the old curiosity shop. When the guild captures Dog Boy, he must decide whether to join them or take them down once and for all as he embraces his destiny as one of the good guys. Dog Boy, Den of Thieves by Bill Meeks. Hi everybody, this is Bill Meeks, author of Dog Boy, Den of Thieves, and a new one which we'll get here to in just a minute. I, it's been a while since I put out one of the podcasts, so I just wanted to touch base. A couple weeks ago, uh, for example, I came out with a new Dog Boy book, a whole new uh, adventure called Dog Boy Danger on Liberty Pier. Here, let me read the description for you. Sometimes the murder isn't the mystery. Dog Boy, a.k.a. Bronson Black, is Colta City's 13-year-old superhero. After defeating the Guild of Thieves, things have settled down for the mangy mass crime fighter until he sees local businessman Dexter Stonehouse gunned down on Liberty Pier. When it appears an old family friend might be involved, Dog Boy jumps into action to unmask a killer. Does he have the guts to expose a man from his past? Or will he ignore the evidence to learn more about his strange powers? Meanwhile, girl reporter Cindy McNeil has a secret, and along with three other teens, she's hatching a plan to fight City Hall. But can Cindy lead a revolution without Bronson finding out? Again, the book is called Dog Boy, Danger on Liberty Pier. It's available now on Amazon, Kobo, uh, Nook, all of your major platforms. You can find links to all of that at dogboyadventures.com or go straight to Amazon and pick it up at bit.ly slash Liberty Pier. Speaking of Amazon, I this week, um, March 11th through March, what is it here, 15th, Dog Boy Den of Thieves, the first book in the series, the uh, one that I did the uh, half of an audiobook for on this very podcast, is available for free on Amazon. Now, if I've already sent you a free copy or you've already, uh, you know, listened to the first half of the uh, audiobook on here, I just if you could, could you go ahead and go and download it again for free just to help me, you know, chart and uh, get the book a little bit more of exposure to a new audience? And I'd really appreciate it if you could. Today, uh, the main uh, topic of discussion will be Dog Boy Den of Thieves, obviously, and uh, my buddy Adam Polalski did a good interview with me about the, the book for his YouTube channel, and I've excerpted the audio and uh, put it in the podcast here. But speaking of audio, I'm also releasing an audiobook version of Dog Boy Danger on Liberty Pier on Audible in the next few weeks, hopefully. I hear their approval process is a little weird, so it might be a little bit longer than a few weeks, but hopefully not much. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, you know, if you can, go pick up Dog Boy Den of Thieves. Uh, like I said, it's bit.ly slash dogboybook. Actually, I don't think I said it, but I've said it just now. Or you could just search Dog Boy on Amazon. Well, now we'll go ahead and get into the interview with Adam, and I'll probably be checking back in in a few weeks to fill you guys in a little bit on the next Dog Boy adventure, The Curly World Follies, which I'm currently working on. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to... I don't even know what I'm calling this. Um, we're going to keep it simple for right now. Interview episode one. Um, I'm going to use and abuse my social media contacts to occasionally sit down and talk with someone when I can. Uh, creators who do stuff I like. Um, and, you know, I figured let's kick this pig, so to speak, uh, with uh, someone I've known for a number of years, someone I actually met online. Um, uh, Bill Meeks. Hello, Hi, Bill Adam, Meeks. How you doing, man? Um, Excellent. So Bill and I have known each other for a number of years. Uh, I think we first, the first time I remember interacting with you is um, for that uh, not, uh, the NSFW show video, the uh, zombie president. Zombie president, yeah. Yeah, you and I kind of, you helped me out a little bit with some technical stuff and behind the scenes. And, and, and that's where you and I first sort of interacted. And Bill has gone on to do things like uh, he, you know, you do a lot of media work 
he does all the fancy bumpers for the Collection DX show. Um, he does his own podcast, uh, but he's also an author. You're an author, right? Yes, yes. As of, as of uh, November, when I put out the first one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, once you release one, you're official. I, I, you know, I've been writing for for years. I, and I you know, a lot of it is you know scripts for commercials and things like that, and then more recently training videos, mm-hmm. a corporate presentation stuff like that. But uh, it, it, it it was about time, I think, because you know I, I've been kind of secretly wanting to get stuff out there for years now, and yeah, I don't know, I, I I had the right amount of time, I think, to finally. Uh, take it serious. So, um, again, uh, Bill and I interact primarily over Twitter. Uh, we're friends on Facebook, things like that. Obviously, we've worked together a little bit with the Collection DX show. Um, there was that one weekend in Tahiti that we're not. Gonna we're not going to talk about. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to talk about that. Um, I was promised we wouldn't talk. About we wouldn't talk about that. <laughs> but I remember uh, last year during the Namo the Namo Rimo. Is that the Na- con- Nano Rimo? Nano Rimo, which is novel writing month. Yeah, so it basically challenges folks to commit to doing X amount of words a day, just writing a story every day for the month, and then uh, you receive a certificate for completing the challenge, so to speak. And I recall you talking about this a little bit. I didn't realize at the time it was Dog Boy. I'm not even sure you told people it was going to be called Dog Boy. But I remember you calling out looking for a name for a character, and it was somebody we both know online, and I'm reading Mm -hmm. the book. And I went, ah, oh, hey, it's it's Erica. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Erica. And so it was kind of odd to be reading this this highly engrossing story and recognizing somebody like you know out of the you know in, in like your son I spotted in there and other names. Like I, it was very interesting to see how you pulled. So I suppose we should show folks. Bill took that uh, Namo right, you know that 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 piece of fiction, and did, I take it you polished it up, probably gave it a rewrite. Oh yeah, yeah. Like over the course of, uh, well, it it, it was about, uh, it it was about eleven months from the time I finished it to the time like I released it. Gotcha. But I, I you know, there was a bunch of other big stuff going on. Like we yeah. moved, and there was a new job, and this, that, and the other. So, uh, you know, it really all told. It took me about three or four months to you know polish it up and everything. I didn't want to put out the the first result because you know. Sitting here at midnight, like trying to finish your last 500 words or something, you're going to mix up words and misspell things. Exactly. And-, and I think originally, didn't you, you killed this particular character we were talking about. Now, spoiler, she doesn't die in the book. He, you clearly have rewritten it. But I think originally at the time you were talking about this character out loud on Twitter, you killed them. Oh, I. And, that, the- and, and, and I guess somewhere through the rewrite. You made it so this character, Erica, it doesn't get killed. She lives and actually yeah. recurs in a couple more scenes. So, yeah, anyway. they definitely brought her back, especially in the big uh, chase or uh, escape from the underground, which is one of my favorite chapters. So, explain to folks uh, for those who haven't um, uh, picked up this little gem, and we'll get to that and how I finally got a chance to stand and read it and how surprised I was by it. Uh, tell folks what it's about. Okay, uh, well, basically, Dog Boy is a 13-year-old, uh, he's a 13-year-old superhero. He's Colta City's superhero, uh, and basically, basically what happens is at the beginning of Den of Thieves, uh, his parents pass away, and the, the will uh, specifies that he should go to the closest living relative. So he moves to, uh, out of his suburban town to the big city, Colta City, with his uncle Randolph, who's a real jerk and yeah you know uh basically wants him to pull pull his weight in you know yeah the keeping of the house very i mean absolutely the worst kind of step parent very cinderella you know i mean very much the archetype of the evil distant relative that you've been stuck with and uh, very dislikable right out of the gate and you do a good job of that without Here's what really blew me away right out of the gate, and I'll throw and I'll, I'll let you kind of finish up your pair. Is how well written it is. Um, it is not a thick plotting book. It is really well written. It's very well paced, very high adventure. And then you get to the end, and you like you realize that not only was there some great parables for younger folks, you are indeed weaving a much deeper mystery that you don't quite realize the beginning is going on. So 
Um, he is forced to live with his uncle. I didn't mean to interrupt, Bill. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, but I, and this is something I forgot to mention, so I'm glad you interrupted because it reminded me to remember. Uh, but uh, basically, he gets a set of a basic a low level set of uh, superpowers uh, from his dad, as well as a key to a trunk, which holds a lot of uh, magic tricks and a, a Halloween mask and cape uh, that uh, Bronson decides to use as dog boy to fight crime in Colta City. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, as he goes through it, um, you know, he makes some friends along the way. He gets a job at uh, the old curiosity shop uh, run by Mr. Horum. He starts going to a school and then he gets pulled in by uh, a group of uh, kind of a cult that lives underneath the city in the subway tunnels called the Guild of Thieves. And they, that's the basic here to steer the world away from this dark path. We are the Guild of Thieves, and we exist to take back this world from the rich and the powerful. But one stands against us, Godboy. We know who you are. We know where you live, where you work, who your friends are. You are needed. Join us, or suffer the consequences. Join us and fight them. We are the New Order. We are the revolution. We are all the Guild of Thieves. Seek us. Seek us. Very nice. I, it just seemed like a perfect time to throw that in. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's a, a fun little uh, video I did to promote the book. Uh, that's that's the leader of the Guild of Thieves, Andrus. He's also uh, the guy carrying the uh, lantern on the cover Yes, of, of the book, but he he's the leader of the Guild of Thieves, and you know, after Dogboy takes out a few of his best guys, he kind of gets upset about it. <laughs> and, yep, uh, you know, yep. I ha- has them retrieve him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too spoilerific or yeah. anything. But uh, So it is both but, an origin story about Dogboy. Um, how old is uh, he again? Refresh my memory. 13? Yeah, he's 13. 13 years old. You're right, because uh, there's a bit of a budding romance there with uh, a young, an older girl in, in school. <laughs> Um, and he's on that cusp of, am I supposed to like girls or not? And it's very cute. And is kissing icky or is it awesome? Yeah, or... exactly. But yeah, so it is both uh, an origin story for Dogboy, and it is also the adventure of the Den of Thieves and his encounter with that. And so they're both kind of wrapped up in in themselves. Um, let's talk real high level for a little bit about it. You know, that way if folks are tuning in for this. Um, you know, we don't want to really spoil too much. Um, the, yeah, and that, that's actually one of the hardest things talking about this book because you know I've been living with it like forever now. Yeah, so exactly. It's like it's like I I know the world as someone might know you know an event that happened in the news last week in the national news. Oh yeah, that you thing. created it. So these yeah. things are living in your head. These characters are alive in in your head, and yeah, you're you're carrying a bigger picture clearly. Yeah. And As, then I get halfway through a sentence, and I'm like, wait a second. Some people would probably think that was a spoiler, you know. So, Another uh, problem is I don't really care about spoilers too much personally. This is true, PDI but some people, consumes. you know, I mean, you just shouldn't spoil your own book. You should, you know, that, that, that's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Um, so a couple things I want to talk about real uh, off the top. Uh, he's left an orphan very early in the book. Obviously, if we look at the art here, the presentation reminds me of Hardy Boy books, Encyclopedia Brown. Mm-hmm. That's, that's these are what they they remind me of. Those are sort of the, the front, those books that you know the serialized there's a new book every week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That those are the ones I read. Who were your influences to do this? Cuz I thought I was going to be reading a kids book literally. <laughs> and it was in it it's much cl- more clever than that that on the surface it reads like a young adults novel. But it really is – there's a lot going on for big kids too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, that, that was something I I made a very conscious choice about because actually uh, the first couple drafts of it, they there was some cursing. Uh, they, I, I think there might have even been like a sex joke or something like okay, that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I decided to kind of pull back on that a little bit because – one, I, you know, I between the second and third draft, I really realized, you know, this is a classic boys' adventure. Yeah. Like, and uh, yeah, I kind of, one of the last big rewrite was kind of bringing it closer to that 
uh, aim and, you know, obviously the style of the cover and everything, as, as you picked up, was definitely based on Hardy Boys. Uh, but what was I saying? Um, what were the influence? Like, were there other, oh, like, those are two obvious ones. Were there mm -hmm. other uh, young, young adult authors that you really, really dug that I'm not naming that we should be aware of? Actually, I'd say probably is as far as like from a literary perspective, uh, my other big influence was Charles Dickens and okay. specifically Oliver Twist. Uh, there is a there is definitely an Oliver Twist vibe to this a bit. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like that dark, dingy alleys and sewers and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously Bronson's a orphan who's being treated poorly by all the adults in his life, which yeah. is very Oliver Twist. I, I basically uh, the story I incepted it as a combination between uh, between Oliver Twist and Stanley's Spider Man. Gotcha. Uh, you know the first hundred issues or so he had on the on the title, where it was really all about the practicalities of a superhero moving through New York City. Like I, I always really liked the scenes where he was having a hard time finding a place to hide his costume or yeah. get, or or he'd get back from his. I'll run as Spider-Man and his clothes would be gone, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I tried to fit the best as, at, best aspects of that with kind of the the Dixonian kind kind of vibe. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so what I was going to point out for those who, um, you know, maybe, oh, maybe I'll pick this up for the little ones. So I'm expecting a very young adult novel and then his parents pass away and it is highly graphic. Highly yes. graphic. Um, really surprised me for a moment there. And it is the it is literally the only thing that keeps me from wanting to present this book earlier on for my nephews, as opposed to waiting till maybe they are hitting double digits and teens, you know what I mean? But I presume that's the audience you were aiming for. You're not looking for nine year olds to read this per se, right? Uh not not per se. I I don't think really I don't think there's anything so graphic that you you couldn't give it to someone who was you know seven eight nine years old and they as long as they were a smart kid absolutely okay. and i do want to make this clear that at the time it seemed graphic mm -hmm. as i come as you come to understand things especially with bronson right mm -hmm. bronson bronson black thank you such mm -hmm. an alliterative name too it really like a very superhero name. Yeah. Very Stanley, yeah. <laughs> but once you come to understand the nature of what his power is, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense you did in great detail, moment by moment, what was happening with the mother and the father in the front seat. But you don't understand that at the beginning of the story. So it's a very shocking moment, but believe it or not, it does indeed play very much into what his ability is all about and all of that so and I, I i will say with that scene it actually was more graphic to begin with i pulled back a little bit on that i, I i'll just say that they're uh i in the aftermath of their death and everything this dog shows up and the, the dog originally wasn't outside of the car it was inside the car and i'll just leave it at that you can probably let your oh god oh okay oh 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 but it, you know yeah. it, it, that that got revised through edits that was probably gotcha. pushing it a little too far maybe maybe a little bit um but from there it, it's it is a much more i mean for for all the down in poor bronson's life that's going on it is a very upbeat fun read um shortly after having to move in with his uncle I think this is the other important element to talk about uh, before we start getting spoilery for folks is yeah. the uh, the magic shop. The magic in sleight of hand is very important in his development as a hero as well. Uh, oh, yeah. where, where did you pull that from? Uh, well, actually, uh, my dad was a magician, as is Bronson's dad. Yes. And uh, I, he actually left me a – it wasn't a trunk. Uh, like Bronson gets left, but it was a little uh, leather suitcase filled with a lot of his old tricks. And uh, it, they, I, I kind of uh, took that idea and ran with it. I, it wasn't, I, I don't think I, it was trying to be analogous to, to uh, my real life situation or anything. Yeah. But I, I just thought it was a really, because you don't see too many superheroes that uh, have a magic motif unless they're like a full-on ma magician like yeah Satana like yeah or yeah like that or a mandrake 
and they're and they're doing full on sorcery harry potter Mm -hmm. magic we're talking about sleight of hand illusion magic you know and and that's what's really kind of interesting about it yeah and uh you know so part of it part of it was that from a story perspective bronson's dad was a magician and left him all these tricks and he just assumes that you know he these tricks are meant to i'm supposed to be using these to fight crime right because he left me a mask and a cape and i you know so i should be in power so i should be a superhero right yeah but the the thing is he's 13 years old and who among us when we were 13 years old could have come up with a really effective like hard street level superhero and have it be like a very consistent concept so you know you have the dog motif running because the mask was in there but you also have the magician motif running then he's carrying knives around doing using like explosive things yeah yeah so it's it's all kind of fluge together like a 13 year old would do with stuff they found (laughs) pretty much pretty much um and then yeah once he's in the new town here i'm showing you did another trailer here for the uh the old curiosity shop which is where he ends up working yeah uh in the book and uh a great character in there uh in mr horam who oh mr horam yeah so um we're gonna so all I'll say from here is um, what if you follow my YouTube channel, you saw I did an Adam recommends that just went up before this, um, you know, where I glowingly re- recommended Dog Boy. Uh, I mean that from the heart, even though I know Bill, um, it really, really, really took me by surprise. Uh, killed an afternoon on, tra- on the train uh, going down to visit a friend and uh, I, I, I flew through it. I, was ex- I didn't expect to fly through it. So. Moving forward, Bill and I are going to get spoilery a bit here, so um, you may want to stop here if you're interested in intrigue, uh, come back later on, otherwise, you've been warned. <laughs> so, uh... Are they gone? They're gone. We can get... We killing can get, Dog Boy in the next book. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, Cult of City. Um, here's what I thought was very, very interesting uh, about the book, and it really kind of came out of nowhere. It really was like, Last two chapters, like, just as the events around the Central Park are starting to go off, you suddenly introduce a handful of kids that apparently pass through almost in the background mm-hmm. early in the book in school. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly they show up and they're up to some shenanigans of some sort. And then it turns out, like, there's a whole shit ton of superheroes in the fucking city. <laughs> Something's been going on with the kids in Colta City, yeah. and clearly Bronson, his uncle, his father, like, they're all tied into this, how we don't know, but I was like, no shit. Um, can I point out something that I don't think you ever spell out in the book, but I picked up on, and I'm wondering if it's intentional. Okay. So... Bronson's ability is to see just a few moments into the future. It's how he knows when he should act on something. Mm-hmm. Um, as he f- gets pulled into the den of thieves, and they force him to use his ability for crime, his body starts having a very physical ill reaction. Nosebleeds, he's having problems, you know, things like that. When he's using his powers for ill, it makes him physically sick. In the end, when he steps up to being a hero, he unlocks, like, even more potential and does some pretty radical shit that's above and beyond anything we see in the book. Was that metaphor intentional in there? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, it, 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 you know, the, his his breaking down, like, getting nosebleeds yeah. and passing out and all this stuff was, was kind of meant to... Uh, you know, point towards the degradation of, I, I don't want to get, feel like I'm getting too artsy fartsy. But, no, but you know, that's what we're here for. That's soul. what we're here for. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. As, as he embraces life with the den of thieves, his body rejects him. Yeah. More or less. Now, and, 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 and his uncle puts himself into a catatonic state, trying to abuse his power to hurt him at the end. Yeah. And yeah. he's basically dragged off in a coma, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Taken yeah. off by the police. Yeah, exactly. And he's like a drooling idiot, you know, basically. So it was like interesting, interesting. Uh, there is, I, I, I don't 
I'm trying to think of how to say this without getting too spoilery, but there is something very important to that, which get I uh, because it happens. I I will say in the in the new book, uh, Danger yep. and Liberty Pier. So I do want to uh, say this. Um, I literally just finished Bill's book. I think last weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle of Ocean at the End of the Lane, and as soon as I finish that, the new Dog Boy book is. So I'll be hopefully reading that this weekend and. I'll get back to you on that. We may be back to talk again. You never know. But so, yeah, I'll I'll just say that, you know, the whole thing with the powers, it does come up in this more. It's not, you know, thematically and metaphorically as as tied in uh, to the character as it is in Den of Thieves. But there is something really big going on there. And uh, you'll actually, I believe, uh, because right now I I have the the rest of the novellas because I'm going to write five more before I do the next full novel. And uh, so I, I have them all in my head. I'm trying to decide what order to do them with. But I'm pretty sure the next one is really going to start to get into uh, why the the source of his powers might be cutting them a little. Gotcha. So. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I was just very surprised. So I'm curious. So obviously you were a little inspired by, you know, your, your real-life events with your father. Um, mm. Clearly... I don't think there's a little boy anywhere who grew up to be an adult uh, with any sort of imagination that didn't dream of being whisked away to Narnia or finding out (laughs) they were special and had magic ability or something. You have really, uh, in my opinion, tapped into a very primal adolescent boy archetype, I guess, myth. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm guessing that you definitely had was you know Dog Boy almost a character you wanted to be when you were a kid. Uh, there there was an incident uh, that might have uh, started this whole (laughs) an incident. You say? Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, when I lived, I I grew up in Katy, Texas. I lived in for the last like year. We lived there. We lived in this trailer park. Right, mm-hmm. uh, Katy Country Estates, which makes it sound so fancy, yep. but there wasn't even there wasn't even enough money for a double wide place. Right, gotcha. Okay, uh, but you know, it, obviously, the the mix of kids you would imagine in a trailer park in rural Texas uh, were the neighborhood kids, and they would play uh, at this basketball court down on Willowwood. And I would go down there, and they would never let me play. And I knew they went down there at night because on occasion I'd, like, sneak out of my room and, like, go ride my bike around the neighborhood. So I decided to mess with them uh, by going down there at night when they couldn't see me approaching. And then, yeah, But keep in mind, you know, I was a huge kid, too, like, very unathletic, you know, very uh, portly. As was I, as was I, you know. But I, I basically I took a piece of uh, fabric uh, from my mom's sewing collection and I fashioned the kind of like it was more of like a Zorro mask, but, you know, that just tied around and had the eye holes gotcha. and then another piece of fabric for the cape. Yep. And I snuck out at like three o'clock in the morning and went down to this basketball court to get the drop on them. Oh, and, of course. Uh, yep. And I I didn't. <laughs> it was it was awful. They basically laughed me off the court, and I rode my bike home in shame oh. with, you know, my cape flapping behind me. I think me. I did something similar, uh, yeah, around in the kindergarten, first grade, somewhere. And yeah, it was almost was like, like in the it was almost like in the book. They recognized me by my voice immediately. You know. Was, oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh. They, that's that's the thing with, with uh, the superhero concept in general. Yeah, a mask is pretty good if you're 20 feet away and it's dark. But if you got face to face to someone you knew, they'd know pretty much immediately. <laughs> I, I think I've actually, never they, in a million years bought Lois Lane doesn't know Clark Kent is Superman. Like, how do they not know they're one and the same? You know, it, it, same thing with the Batman Bruce, Bruce. And let's face it, any of the great writers have always sort of towed that line with. Well, clearly Commissioner Gordon knows Bruce Wayne is Batman, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've definitely played with that more than enough. Um, yeah, that, that that's something about Bronson, too, that actually, you know, as I'm writing more about him and stuff, I'm discovering even more and more, is that his secret identity is not a secret at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no. It, it, if, you, if, you get, if you get close enough to him to learn his last name, you probably know he's talking to. Probably, probably. 
Um, obviously, a lot something's going on with the mayor. I presume that ties into what's going on with the kids, and at least that's what we're meant to think. Whether or not it, it um, what else was in there that I definitely wanted to pick your brain about? Uh, I do like the the message, um, especially in the 21st century. You know, people, a lot of people, more than not, are coming from broken homes, mm-hmm. and. It's an important life lesson to understand that sometimes your family will be people that you surround yourself with versus the people that you're born to. And yeah. that's a really important thing. To, that's a really important thing to learn early on. And it is a central theme, really, of this book. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, that, I'm sure that probably definitely comes a lot from my own life because I've, you know, a, with my immediate family and stuff, I've, I've had a falling out several years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you know, I, I'm sure that definitely feeded into uh, me being able to hit on that as strongly as I did. And, but, you know, it's also, you know, just so important, too, because, you know, for kids like that, it, they they think they're on their own. And at that age, you really can't really, really talk to anybody about it, especially if you don't have family around. Or, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's good to g- at least get that good example out there that over the course of time, even if. You know, you have a terrible home life. If if your parents are mean or cruel, that you can, you know, as you walk through life, you can grab, you know, one person here, one person there who can make up that new family. Because, I mean, family is important. And even if the ones that you got stuck with are are not living up to what they should, uh, it, there are still great people out there you can surround yourself with to protect you, to help you, yeah. and to help you save to the day from. when you fly. And that's an important thing, too, is uh, learning early on when someone is shoveling bullshit your way versus genuine wisdom. Yeah. And that is very much a contrast between Mr. Horum and the head of, you know, and his uncle, who, spoiler, is the head of the den of you know, thieves. So, um, very, very important messages there, but not heavy handed. Uh, I don't want to make, I, I look for stuff like that. See, here's the thing I, I really, you know, I hear friends talk about, you know, for example, everyone raved about, we'll take it to a TV show for a moment, just to, uh, breaking bad, phenomenal drama, phenomenal drama. And at the end of the day, it was really about watching a good man fall down and, Really well done. Cautionary tale, perhaps. Masterfully executed. I don't want to take anything away from that. But at the end of the day, it's not a whole, it's not about a whole lot that you should care to revisit on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? You're not going to break up, you're not going to bust out Breaking Bad and watch all four seasons or five, it was four or five, I don't even remember. It was, it was a, Five. Five seasons. You're going to bust out and watch all five seasons of Breaking Bad every couple of years because it gives you a warm fuzzy or makes you think about things. I'm always looking for something that's about something more. Mm-hmm. And there's not, a, there's not a lot of fiction out there, it seems, these days that I don't, you know, that really at its heart really very clearly sets out to have a couple of really good messages in there in an entertaining package and you do it really, you did it really, really well here. I mean, you should be very, very proud. It's interesting characters and interesting universe. And uh, I can't wait to see more of what you're going to do with this. I presume we're probably going to be introduced to obviously in a more regular basis, other heroes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, that, that group of kids you see in the last, uh, well, throughout the book. Yeah. Uh, but they know, don't like, really what, come, you don't know what you're looking at. How to navigate the rooftops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah thank you. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But, uh, you, you know, you, you, you'll see them, uh, pop. I'm sorry. What was the question again? I got distracted. Um, you know, about our other heroes going to oh, step yeah. to the, the four, you know? Yeah. They, they show up in the last chapter here. And the thing is, these uh, six novellas that I'm doing, starting with Danger on Liberty Pier, they're all going to be set between the next to last chapter and the last chapter. I of noticed Denver that Pete. in the beginning. It kind of takes place right in mm-hmm. between there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're going to get to see how those kids went from the kids who got shooed away by Cindy in Dixon Park to the kids who are showing up on a hovercraft to kidnap the mayor at the end of the book. 
And so, you know, that that's basically throughout the, all these novellas, that's going to be the B plot. All right, because when, when I realized that you were doing sort of like it looked like side stories before you were going to return to sort of the main plot. No, the mystery you started teasing with is going to be here over these. So you're not going to make us wait five or six books before we have to continue the mystery. Oh, no. Like, I, I, I mean, wait, one of the things I'm definitely trying to do with every novella is... One, to hit those kids. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really bad. I'm going to hit those kids every time I write a new book. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, hit their story, see see what they're up to, see how they're progressing, and address one of the threads I left kind of dangling in Den of Thieves as far as the backstory. Uh, gotcha. And obviously that's going to... Right now it's still kind of in the background, although uh, the, the main... Uh, new character in Danger on Liberty Pier is Bronson's dad's former magic partner, uh, okay. the guy he toured with and everything. So, I mean, there's there's constantly kind of hooking back into the past, yeah. but it it's uh, going to just kind of step forward I'm and, curious. until we reveal that whole origin. Um, what you're describing, the way it's like... Have you ever seen the television show Babylon 5? I have not seen Babylon. All right. One of the I, things... have I have read... Uh, that's J. Michael... Straczynski, right? Yes. I've read his book on I read his book on screenwriting a number of years ago. That's probably about as close as okay. I got, but I, I think he had some examples from the show in One of the things he did really, really well was um he would do things like early on he would tease. He never, you know, the the he would never show you the smoking gun mm -hmm. without that being relevant later on. Yeah. He would never just throw something at you and then not return to it so a constant theme in that show was early on the station was going to be destroyed and and a great war was coming and they were the and there's another character in the show that from the very first episode sees his death mm -hmm. what you discover as a viewer of the show is yeah we hit those moments but when we get to those moments the beauty in that reveal is all the other layers of color and texture that go around that to give perspective. So when you're initially introduced to this idea, oh no, B5 is going to blow up. And then, oh, you know, when you look at the whole scope of the show, you go, ah, yeah, 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 okay. You know, spoiler, they, you will see the station destroyed at the end of the series. But is it this doom and gloom thing or is it the station was decommissioned and that was the end of the station that, you know, there wasn't some horrible end. It was no 20 years later. Boom. Station goes bye bye. He does that very well on the show constantly changing and widening your perspective. And it's yeah. very clear what you're setting out to do with this book. So when you talk about I'm going to throw a sliver in here in this book, I'm going to throw a sliver in here. It sounds very much like you're kind of taking that approach of, I'm going to show you something, mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to show you a little more, and then we're going to come back later on, and I'm going to show you a little more, and then when we get to the whole end of this thing, and you're going to have the whole picture, you're never going to realize what you were looking at the whole time. Yeah. Am yeah. I giving it, you too much credit, or is that where we're going? I No, that's that's pretty pretty close, and I mean, I, J. Michael Straczynski, he's also written a lot of uh, comic books. A lot too, of so comic it, books and film, yeah. He's, and, he's a... and that kind of plot mechanism is very comic book, too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you, you have your A, B, and C plot, your C plot's resolved Absolutely, in that story, yeah. your B plot goes out for an arc, and, and your then a your plot A is, plot goes yeah, out through the series. Exactly, very much. And, uh, you know, that that's basically the kind of structure I'm working in. And, you know, I'm definitely, I, I'm laying in everything I need a, as I'm writing to get to the last story in this universe. You know, because I know what that is. Gotcha. More. So you, there um, is an end here. In other words, you, you, it, this isn't like a character you created that you're like, I'm now, it's not like, you know, Robert E. Howard and Conan, where you're just going to pump out dog boy stories from now until the day you die. Or is there, like, a whole story you're mapping out, and then when you tell it, you're done? There is an entire story. I know where Bronson Black is going to end up in the fate of Col Coltis City and all the characters. Oh, nice. It, all right. You know, that it's all up here, but at the same time, I'm also intentionally... Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm using one of them now, but in, in the... Because there's going to be... 
I, I, well, I don't know if people really care that much, but there's going to be three big books. Den of Thieves, the next one, and then the one after that, gotcha. right? Gotcha. So three major pillar books, so to speak. And then in between, you're going to have these novellas. Yeah, exactly. And uh, ba basically, I'm going to use the novellas to fill in certain periods of time. I'm leaving time between every big book and also at a couple of points within the big book. Like there's, I forget, I think it's like between chapters like six and seven in Den of Thieves. Mm. There's a period, it, it, I, I like to think it's about three weeks in my head. Yeah. Uh, where it, Dog Boy, or Bronson's just living his life. He's working at the shop. Uh, he's living yeah. in the Yeah, hole. it kind of just talks about, hey, no, you know, shit doesn't hit the fan on him for a couple weeks. Things are cool, yeah. Yeah, so that that's an area I could go back and explore again once I get done with the main story, and I'm going to have a couple of those areas in, in each spot to go back and write these novellas, although uh, the ones I'm writing right now are going to be focused entirely in that uh, space between the next to last chapter and the last chapter. Excellent. Now, again, you know, I consider J. Michael Krasinski a great storyteller, and I, I so uh, there are a lot of parallels here. I did not sit down for this interview tonight to expect, but uh, he did the same thing. He mapped out a whole timeline, and then there are poles in the timeline where if he wanted to go back and explore, he can, and he has. He's tried to over the years. They've done spinoff stuff and yeah. side stories and things like that. So even though the whole story in Babylon 5 is told, you know, when the opportunities come up or Warner Brothers said, hey, you got any more B5? You know, you make us a lot of money. We'd like to do more B5. And, you know, he'd go, well, hey, you know, I could probably do this. We could do that. And, you know, um, it's the same thing. You know, he left holes in the timeline that he could go back and revisit should he want to. So um, I think that's a sign of a great storyteller. I, I'll be honest, people, you know. Let's bring it to this. You know, obviously, I think very highly of Babylon 5. Um, I consider it to be the best science fiction show ever told on TV. And I think it is still hands down because they invented it, really. The five-year story arc. You know, they did it. You know, Breaking Bad. Which is like would, standard now. Breaking Bad wouldn't have happened. Lost wouldn't have happened without it. And I know a lot of people really like Battlestar Galactica. But when I watched that show, mm. I could tell. They were making it up as they went, and they did not know where they were going. Yeah. And there were times where I thought it was really great drama, and there were times where it really felt like it was all over the goddamn map. And I know I'm in the minority on this, but ironically, the only thing that saved the show for me was the finale. And I know a lot of people who were the opposite, where they, they loved the show the whole way through, and then hated the finale because it got all sort of metaphysical at the end on it, you know? Um, yeah. But it felt it. It felt it from the get-go, early on. It started strong. I didn't like the miniseries. thought the TV show started really, really strong. Had a lot of really great philosophical premise. This, I think this is what it was. It really tried to tackle some really great ideas. But the writers of that show were not really either into the ideas, understood the ideas, or were well-read enough to execute those ideas. Whereas someone like JMS, I don't know what life he lived, but mm -hmm. he came from a place where those same things played out in a much better way in his storytelling. I'm rambling like this because it's what genuinely floored me when I got to the end of this book. Like, I, I you know, you're not the first person I know who has self-published a book. And um, I have other friends. There's a lot of them around our circles recently. And I've read, you know, and I've read some, you know, uh, uh, Tom Merritt wrote a really interesting twist on a uh, on a sci-fi idea. Um, I don't want to spoil. He, he had to explain to me what it was a twist on. Like, oh, no, I took it from this. And I went, oh, I didn't see it when I read it. I, it was so covered up. But it was really good. And then there's been other stuff I've read by people who are like, oh, this should be a no-brainer. And I'm like, wow, this is hard to read, uh, difficult, plotting. I'm never finishing this. You know, um, I couldn't put Den of Thieves down. Um, I, you know, surprise, Bill Meek is is a, a, a great storyteller and a really above and beyond competent writer. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not checking out this book in this series. Um, uh, there's some really great talent just hitting there, waiting. I, you watch in a couple of years, man, people are going to catch on. They're going to, you know, come to the the party a little later on. And they're going to be like, holy shit, where is this Ben? Like, seriously, I, I'm, I'm expecting Hollywood to come knocking, man. It, you know, uh, my my 
one goal as I was finishing it up. I, w- I was hoping, and you have to tell me if I hit this. Okay. I, I wanted people who enjoyed those Hardy Boys, like, yep. kind of. I wanted them to, because, you know, I actually, in research for this and for the future ones, I, I've been reading a lot of Hardy Boys the past two years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, you go back to it, and it's not like you remember. It, it's really stilted, and uh, yeah. the writing's bad, and the plot's weird, and people do really irrational things, which is part of its charm. But what I was trying to do with this was to write the Hardy Boys book that you remember reading, not the one you actually read. It, I, I, I'm hoping I hit that. You if totally it... hit that. Now, I'll be, I'll be honest. I have not attempted to sit down and... um try to you know read a reread a hardy boys book or an encyclopedia yeah. brown i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah um <laughs> and no i'm sure you know they're written for a young age group they're they're written for an age group that's not necessarily prepared for bigger ideas and it, it let's face it there are how many hardy boy books out there oh yeah well i mean uh hardy boys like you know it says franklin w dixon on the cover but there there wasn't a franklin w dixon there was a guy who wrote a lot of them especially the original ones but, it was but these really... were all ghost-written by other. It's like the Bond books at this point. Ian yeah, Fleming's Ed... long dead, but every people are writing under the Ian Fleming name. Yeah, yeah. The 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 editors would send out a plot to a, a writer in Poughkeepsie, and uh, you know you have a week, and we'll give you yep. a grand if you finish it. I give us forty thousand words. It was pulp and... writing for kids, really. In a lot of ways, it was just like a writing mill. Like seriously, we need words on the page. Words on the page. We got to keep yeah. cranking it out. We're printing That's money. That's how all those kids' stories were put out. Uh, well, Encyclopedia Brown, I think, was pretty legit. I think. Donald no, I agree. There, 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 that you know, to be fair, yes, Encyclopedia Brown definitely was uh, creator-owned, written all the way through. And uh, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, Bobsy yeah. Twins, Sweet Valley High Twins, yeah. Kids all of that you know goosebumps all... all of them you know and yeah yeah i mean that all those young adult books in their way yes i would agree uh i'm i it definitely struck me as oh man i kind of remember because it's interesting because i remember when i really for the first time dug into going to the library all mm-hmm. the time and this is back when i was living in hawaii and it would be during, and I don't remember what year it was, but it was during a summer vacation. And they were about, we lived right along the Alawai Boulevard. And it's funny, I should pull up a Google Maps, I could show it to you right now. I've done it before. But at the end of the Alawai was the public library for Waikiki. And uh, I used to walk down there and all the time. And, you know, you know it was cool because you, you was there so much, the librarians would recognize you. Oh, it's a little Holly boy. He's always picking up books. Look at that. Yeah. And I remember reading a lot of the Encyclopedia Browns and I devoured them. I devoured them and, and then never thought about them again. It was a little weird, you know, but this book reminded me of that library. Like I could see, I don't know why, but while I was reading this book, I felt a little bit like I was having sort of a flashback to when I was that age at that library reading those kinds of books. So I think you yeah, succeeded. I, I, I was the same way. I lived in the stacks. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I would I, I would get the maximum amount of books that the library would allow me to get, which was 25. Yeah. And I'd bring them back within three or four days to get a, a whole nother stack of Hardy Boys. Remember when they used to, I don't know, did, did they do this thing where uh, you could read books over the summer to help fight multiple sclerosis? Uh, there was... There's some oh, sort of book program. Or, it was remember? like a, some sort of book thing I did to try and win like a bike from the Fox station in Pittsburgh, like Fox Kids in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, in, in Hawaii, they did something for like MS, and it was like if you did this, like, I don't even remember what they gave you. They gave you like gift certificates to somewhere or something. But I Either was a voracious reader, and I remember bringing in my lists, lists, <laughs> pages. Yeah. And they didn't believe I read all the books. I I had I had similar stuff happen because <laughs> they were like, "How did you read a hundred books in a week?" Because I homeschooled and I don't do anything else except sit in my room and read. Yeah, no. If exactly. I'm not down there watching Power Rangers, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, it it really is. This is an outstanding novel. Uh, you're clearly uh, it's got a lot more going on to it than just oh look, it's a cute superhero book. There's more depth to it. Clearly, we're just kind of, this is the tip of the iceberg, and I'm really intrigued to see how deep 
the iceberg goes. Um, you, you've done a fantastic job with this bill. Uh, no bullshit aside, folks. Um, um, I Yes, I know Bill, but I wouldn't have gone through the trouble on my own time to get sit him down tonight to record this video, to share it with you guys, if I genuinely didn't think it was worth it. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell folks that might be, you know, this may be new to and they hung out and they were like, oh, okay, I'm going to check that out. Anything you want to let them know? And I'm very <laughs> embarrassed right now, Adam, just very, very much embarrassed. Oh, for you, heaven's sakes. You're too kind, Adam. <laughs> no, no, uh, it's it's sincere. It's well-earned, uh, seriously. Uh, so enjoy uh, it. But basically, uh, you know, we have the two books, uh, physical and ebook editions, dogboyadventures.com. You can pick them up. The new one, uh, Danger on Liberty Pier, is available at bit.ly slash Liberty Pier, or like I said, you can get them at dogboyadventures.com. Also I do Amazon, also available on Kindle. Yes, uh, you know, that can that can definitely help the stats. And, you know, something that's very important that not a lot of people think they're like, eh, I'll get around to it. Reviews are very important for stuff yes. like this because, you know, people just browsing around. Oh, kid superhero. Oh, there is a one that has 10 reviews and there's one that has three reviews. The one that has 10 reviews only has four stars, but the one that has three reviews has five stars. I'm going to go with the one with 10, because that seems better, right? Yeah, the so, more people tried, that must be something they know I don't. Yeah, but I, I mean, honest reviews are the author's biggest friends. So, you know, if you if you want to help, uh, you, you know, definitely uh, go to Amazon and leave reviews, because that helps bring new people in. Cause, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you can check out my, uh, I, I will just mention, I have a Once Upon a Time, AB, the show on ABC, I have a Once Upon a Time podcast I do with Amory Desimone that, uh, we do every Monday when the show's on at greetingsfromstorybrook.com, too. Excellent. Well, Bill, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down and talk with me a little bit. Uh, I am sorry. I had hoped maybe I was going to be able to read the, the novella before we talked, but, you know, just the way things go. So uh, I hate you now. You I hate sh you As so well much. you should. As well you should. <laughs> um, but um, you really, you've done good, Mr. Bill. You've done good. Um, I highly recommend thank it you. for folks out there. So. Uh, check it out. Dog Boy Den of Thieves is where you can get started. What are you doing? No. No auto rotate. There. No auto rotate. There. <laughs> Read it. Check it out. Um, Bill, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, to those of you watching, like the video, subscribe, share, and then go read his book because it's awfully good. Okay? Dog Boy. Den of Thieves by Bill Meeks. Available now on the Amazon Kindle, iBooks, at CreateSpace, or for the Barnes & Noble Nook. And find out more at dogboyadventures.com.